We thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, you're the one that lifts us up from wherever we're at when we're struggling, when we're lost, when we don't know you, when we've drifted away. You're the one that brings us back and lifts us up and puts us in a good place. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and for what you are doing. Lord, just help us to continue to to just draw close to you. Lord, we thank you that you are the source of life. That you died and rose again so that we might have eternal life. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the love you have for each and every one of us. Lord, just help us to receive that and to stay close to you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we've been sharing about words of life, and today I want to really look at the part of, of sharing the words that bring life. You know, it's just really important that we know that, you know, in our in our lips and in our tongue and the words we speak can bring life or death in Proverbs Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, it it's has a lot that's why as Christians we make confessions of faith. You know, we speak we speak what we believe. You know, it's important that we realize that that our words can bring life. And you know, where do these words of life come from? Where do we where do we get these words? You know, they don't naturally they don't naturally abide in us. You know, I don't believe that, you know, some people are a little more positive than others, but I believe that words of life come from what dwells inside of us. In John the sixth chapter. John, the sixth chapter, the 63rd verse. Jesus said, It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. It's the Spirit that gives life. It's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. What is the flesh? The flesh is my sinful nature, my desires, how I think things ought to be, how I think things should be, how I think people should be. My flesh, my flesh is that selfish, sinful part of me. And it says that it's the spirit that brings life. My flesh profits nothing. So if I want to speak words of life, then the spirit of God is the one who has to dwell in me and give me those words. Because in and of myself, in my flesh, they don't dwell there. They're not there. You know, in, in my flesh, you know, I don't, I'm not always nice to people. In my flesh, people can irritate me. In flesh, my flesh wants to tell people what I think. My flesh wants to straighten people out. My flesh wants to let people know they're doing this wrong and how this affected me and you know you better never do that again you know my flesh that's my fleshly part but within us is something that should dwell that gives life and it says it's the spirit that gives life 
It's the spirit of life that gives life. So the spirit of God dwelling in us is where life comes from. In John, the 14th chapter, the sixth verse, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and I am the life. I am life. So to speak words of life, we get them from him. And we get them from his spirit dwelling within us. So for us to be able to speak life and to speak words of life, we first have to allow God to dwell within us. You know, I think in our flesh we can sometimes try to be nice. You can try to say the right thing. You can try to do the right thing, but, you know, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. We might, we might do decent at it. But if we want to be able to really make a difference and really speak words of life, it takes the Spirit of God dwelling in us. We have to have His Spirit dwelling in us to be able to speak words of life. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of what's inside of me. Out of the abundance of what's inside of me. Well, what's inside of me? You know, well, let's see. If I got a whole bunch of flesh, guess what comes out? The flesh. If the Spirit of God dwells within me, then at least I feel like I got a chance to allow the Spirit of God to speak. And I say that because, you know, as a Christian, the Spirit of God dwells in us, but we still get choices. You know, it's not like the Spirit of God comes in and all my words are now life, and I'm nice to everybody, and I speak nice to everybody, and I treat everybody nice. No. You know, there's still a choice. I still choose. I have to choose that life that dwells within me. I I have to allow the Holy Spirit to work through me and allow Him to speak. And I have to recognize when it's my flesh and try to control that part. I have to be able to say, no, that's not the way I should, I should talk. You know, it said, you know, last week we talked about, Lord, put a guard over my mouth, you know. Help me to see when it's not your words, when they're not words of life. Help me to see that. And hopefully help me to see it ahead of time. You know, a lot of times we can see it after they're out and we say stuff like, oh, wish I had never said that. Like I said, once they're out, you can't put them back in. They do have an effect. They do, they do have an effect. You can apologize, but they still have an effect. And so we need to allow the Spirit of God which is in us. And that starts with a new heart in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So it says we have to become a new creation. Jesus said, Jesus says we have to be born again. We have to be born of the Spirit of God so the Spirit of God dwells within us. Because if we're not, we're just people trying to do good things in our own flesh. But we need the Spirit of God dwelling. We need to be new creations. We need to be born again. We need to be born of the Spirit so that the Spirit of God dwells in us so that now our hearts are changed. We're a new creation. We're a new creation. Old things pass away. 
What old things? Well, old things like how I used to talk. Old things like how I used to act. The old things that used to be according to my sinful nature. The lust of the flesh. You know, pursuing the flesh. What I want. Selfishness. You know, now, when I'm born again, when I ask Jesus to come into my heart, you know, you know, there's all kinds of ways people say, you know, I get saved, I'm born again. You know, there's a lot of different ways of saying it. But you can say it all kinds of ways, but there has to be an actual happening. The Spirit of God has to come in, and we have to allow it to come. There has to be something that takes place. The Spirit of God, we have to allow that. And we can allow it or not allow it. It's a choice. And if we allow the Spirit of God to come in and work in our hearts, the Bible says then we're a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. And I think we start a process. You know, some things go away easier than others, my observation is. Some things go away easy. Some things go away extremely hard. Depends how much they're a part of us sometimes. I don't know always what, but some things go away extremely hard. The Bible says we need to lay aside every sin that so easily besets us. Those things that are, you know, there's some sins. You know, if, if, um, if I don't have any trouble with um, stealing, well, I can say, oh, man, it's a breeze. I don't steal. Well, I never did steal, you know. But if I have trouble lying, you know, and that's and that was a part of me, that sin that's that really has a hold on me, that's a little tougher sometimes to get rid of. It's like, oh, I have to work at this one. This one this one seems to have a bigger hold on me. My flesh doesn't want to let go of that. My flesh, you know, my flesh wants to hang on to that one. And sometimes we can even spiritualize it. Well, it's, you know, it's not as bad as some others and this and that. But you know, when we're new creation Old things pass away. We're to let them go. We're to let them go. All things become new. We're, allow, we're to allow the Spirit of God to work. So that what? So that we get a new heart. Because out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. So difficult to try to clean your mouth up without changing your heart. Sometimes I think that's what a lot of people do. Sometimes as Christians, we want people to straighten up. We want them to act like a Christian without a change of heart. I think that's a lot of pressure myself, you know. Just let them be what they are. Don't try to change their, don't try to change their behavior so much as being concerned about their heart. Because once the heart changes, then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth now speaks. The Spirit of God now is dwelling within us and the Spirit of God starts to say, oh, you shouldn't say that. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. That wasn't the right thing. And the Spirit of God now, the Bible says he comes to convict, comes to teach, but he comes to convict. He's inside of us to convict us, say, hey, that wasn't right. That wasn't right. And so now we have a new heart, a new heart. So out of the abundance of this heart, now our mouth speaks. That's why when people get born again or saved, a lot of times people say, there's something different about you. What do you think they notice? 
What do you, I think they notice your conversation a lot of times first. You know, they can, they, can, they can see you talk different. There's different things coming out of your mouth. Or maybe there's things that used to come out of your mouth that don't come out as often. You know, things change. Things change. Because your heart changed. And so out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth now speaks differently. And people can start to sense that or see that or hear that. I think the Bible says that there's supposed to be fruit. You know, the Bible says there's supposed to be fruit. You ought to be able to see some kind of fruit. Christians are supposed to bear fruit. What we speak is fruit. It says, in that first scripture I shared, it says that we, we, get, to, uh, we get to eat its fruit. You know, our words are life or death, and we get to eat its fruit. Our words produce fruit. Think about it. How powerful are your words? Well, they produce fruit. They can either produce life in people's lives or they can produce death in people's lives. They produce fruit. You should be able to see fruit. You know, trees naturally produce fruit. You plant a tree. Sometimes it takes longer with some than others. But you plant a tree and you wait for fruit. You expect fruit. And so out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks, and we start to produce different fruit. It's different. It's good fruit. It's fruit that starts to produce life. You know, it's fruit that starts to produce good things. People will see that. People will notice a change. Some more than others. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, but some more than others. But there also is just fruit that starts to develop. And it starts to change. Some people, that's difficult. Some people, you know, if you've been a certain way a long time, you kind of get used to yourself. And sometimes it's kind of difficult to start to see yourself change and think, wow, I'm changing. But then if we step back and see, wow, this is better. And then if people say, wow, it's better, and people see the difference, that encourages us. And so it produces life. It produces life. And that's, I believe, what's supposed to happen. That's what's supposed to happen so that now we're different on the inside. What do we speak? Words of life. What do words of life look like? What do they sound like? You know, I think it's very practical myself. I think it's very practical. In uh, Roman, let's see. In Romans, let's go to Romans, the 14th chapter. Romans, the 14th chapter, the 19th verse. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Edify, build up. What kind of things can we share to build somebody up? What kind of things can we share that encourages somebody? It says we're supposed to share things that edify one another. Build one another up. Sometimes that's difficult. It's more difficult sometimes depending on the situation. 
Sometimes it's hard to build somebody up when they just don't get it. They just, they just, they just don't do the right thing. It's hard to, hard to encourage them because, well, they just don't get it. They don't understand. Or, well, they're just not nice. How do I encourage somebody that's not nice? You know? We can find all kinds of reasons why not to encourage people if you really want to look. All kinds of reasons. But the Bible says we're to edify, we're to encourage, we're to build up one another. Where do we get these words of encouragement? Where do we find them? Where do we find these words? We're going to back up, Penny, so you keep, keep with me. Are you with me? Psalm 119, verse 15. It says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. You know, David's talking about God's word. If you want to start speaking words of life, you better know the book that's full of words of life. You better know the word of God, which is life. Now, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth, the life. The word of God is true. You can't separate none of that. You can't separate Jesus from the word, from the truth, from the way, life. All of that is the same. We get the truth and we get life from the word of God. So if we're going to start speaking words of life, we need to know what the Word of God says so that we can speak life. You know, that's another thing that gets inside of us. You know, the Word of God gets inside of us. So when we speak, we speak what God says. That is so difficult for a lot of times. Because you know what we tend to want to do? We want to speak what we've heard. I want to speak what somebody said. I want to speak... What I feel. Oh, that's, you know, what you feel. Let me tell you. You know, what you feel usually is not what the Word of God says. Just, just to let you know. You know? There's just a whole lot of times, if you just are honest, you know, I just don't feel that full of life. But in the midst of that, we need to still be able to speak the Word of God even though we don't feel it. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. I can tell you by sight how I feel. But I can also tell you what the Word of God says irregardless of how I feel. Okay? So we walk by faith, not by sight. So we speak what the Word of God says. We speak encouragement to one another. And it comes from knowing what the Word says. You know, the Word of God, the Word of God will bring encouragement to people. That's why I get blessed with people on Facebook that'll just put a scripture in there. You know, every day I know some that just every day they put a scripture on Facebook. It's so neat because why? Because it's the word of God. It's not their feeling. Because, you know, if you look at, you know, if you're on Facebook at all, what do you see? You see a whole bunch of feelings. Right? Isn't that what you get on? I know for, for those of you who aren't on there, don't worry about it. I'm just, I'll talk to the ones that are. But don't bother yourself with this because it's really not a big deal. But you know, on Facebook, everybody's saying, and I, and I appreciate the honesty and I appreciate, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, at some point in time, it's more important to say, you know, maybe I'm struggling with this, but I know that God is faithful. 
you know, I'm not saying we should, we should make up things and pretend that there's no problems. But when there is something, we can, we can say, you know, I'm going through a hard time, but I know God is faithful. I know that he said he'll never leave me or forsake me. You know, so that we, we have that word of God there to deal with my feelings. I'm not saying we don't have feelings, but we just don't walk by our feelings. We don't live by our feelings. Think about it. Do your feelings usually bring life to you? You know, do your feelings bring life? Once in a while, once in a while. You know, I thought this morning, I thought, well, it's so neat to share about Adam and Christine's little girl because it's so positive. And I thought, wow, we need to really share those times and enjoy because we because you know what if you look at most prayer requests what are they you think about it you know on every sunday morning most of the time i get up and i share well so and so sick so and so's having a hard time you know and i'm not saying we shouldn't do that i'm just saying that we need to enjoy and see the good things and also pray for the other things that are there and share the word of god knowing that it's god's will to heal, to take care of those people, whatever their needs are. You know, but we need to remember that we walk by the word of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And not that my feelings aren't there. Because you know what? That stuff doesn't bring much life. It doesn't bring much life. Think about the last time, you know, those that are having colds and, you know, some have had coughs for a month or two. And I remember two years ago, I, I had a, I had that cough for, it was a month, and that was the most horrible thing I've ever been through. And the horrible thing wasn't the cough. The horrible thing was my mind dealing with the cough. Because after a month of sitting around and just kind of listening to myself cough, I got kind of depressed. You know, it was just kind of a real downer. And I got kind of negative within myself. I was really struggling, you know, because that was just such a focus. My feelings, I felt terrible. I felt terrible. Not saying it wasn't there. I'm just telling you what it does to you. Now, if you go through a period of time where you might get depressed, you might get depressed. And in the middle of that, what do you need? You need somebody somewhere. You need to hear words of life. You need to hear, you need to hear hope. You need to hear encouragement, edify somebody. Please share something to make me feel better. And I believe that's the Word of God and the Spirit of God that gives us life. That's where life comes from. So we have to, we have to know what those things are to be able to share them. In Acts, the 11th chapter, the 22nd verse, there's a story. Acts eleven twenty-two. It says, the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch because they heard that a lot of people were getting saved out in this area. And so when he came, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad. And he encouraged them all with a purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. What happened when Barnabas went down there to see those new Christians? What did he do? He just encouraged them. He just went to encourage them. You know, that's what we need to do with new Christians. You know, sometimes what happens, and I, I, 
you know, sometimes well-meaning people see a new Christian and they start telling them what they ought to do and how they ought to be and how they ought to change this and how they ought to change that. And, you know, sometimes it's not very encouraging. We need to be encouraging. We need to be encouraging. Sometimes we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in those areas and we need to be encouragers. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. Sometimes he might use us. But we basically need to be encouragers, build up, edify the body of Christ. Encourage people for what God is doing, for where he's at in their life. I wanted to share a few practical things. Okay, I want to get practical now. The hardest place to share words of encouragement is in your home. Maybe work is a close second sometimes. Depends on your work situation. But usually in your home is the hardest place. Part of the reason is because my expectation of people in my home is that they should be like me and think the way I do and do what I think ought to be done. And because they fall short, it's just so hard to encourage them. So hard to encourage them. Because they just don't seem to measure up. And so we find ourselves having a hard time a lot of times in our home. Another place that's hard is our children. Hard, hard to encourage our children. If we're not careful, we can maybe spend a lot of time correcting our children. Not that they don't need corrected. I believe the Bible says that we're to train up our children. I just want to throw out this thought to those of you who have children. There's a difference between training and there's a difference between correcting. Correcting is wrong if it gets critical. I'm not saying they don't need correcting. Training is a lot of work. Training is a lot of work. It takes time. One of the saddest things is you've never done it before because when you have children, you're thrown into the situation of, well, here they are. What do I do with them? You know, most, most people would say after your grandparents that if you had another chance, you could probably do it different. Most people would say that. But I would say that, you know, we need to find ways of encouraging our children, encouraging them. Sometimes that becomes difficult. But we need to find ways of encouraging our children. Encourage them to become what God has created them to be. Encourage them that God has a plan. That God has purpose for them. Even though you can't see it because you think there's no way. You know? But God does have a plan. And God does have a purpose. And we need to, we need to be encouragers of our children. Here's some words that I think bring life. Not necessarily just to children, but to just in general. Words like, I'm praying for you. Isn't that an encouragement when somebody just says, I'm praying for you? Isn't that an encouragement? Even if they, you know, maybe you've had a, something you've been going through and something you've been struggling with and people know about it and somebody says, hey, I'm praying for you. It's nice when somebody just says, I'm praying for you if you've 
if he didn't know you were going through anything. You know? It's encouraging. Somebody told me this morning, they're praying for me. It was encouraging. You know, it's encouraging. I'm praying for you. It's simple. Sometimes words of gratitude. Thanks for the help. Thanks for the help. You're doing a good job. Sometimes with children, it's good to say, thanks for the help. You're doing a good job when they do something. Because they want encouraged. They want to know that, okay, I did it right. I did it right. And so we can encourage them in that. Sometimes it's, it's good to hear a word, hey, um, keep it up. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Sometimes it's good to hear somebody say, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Sometimes we can say these words. Sometimes we can send a note. Nowadays, electronically, for those that are electronic, well, you send it, text, Facebook, whatever, you, however you do it. You can do it that way electronically. You can write notes. Interestingly enough, and just something to think about, we're getting so electronic. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just it's there. It is. We're getting so electronic that you might find a written note carries a little more weight. Only because it took what? Effort and time. I'm just throwing that out. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything wrong with electronic. I'm just saying, you know, sometimes just taking the time to write a note says, wow, thank you. You know, you can do it electronically. That's fine, too. Sometimes just a smile, have a good day. Is an encouragement. If you're working with people, if you're in a place where you're around people, that just goes a long ways. You know, when you go through a checkout line, isn't it nice when the clerk smiles and has a little conversation other than looking like she hates the world and you? You know, every once in a while you get that feeling like, oh, I'm almost sorry I'm here. You know? But it's nice, a smile. Have a good day. Sometimes don't give up. Sometimes just to encourage somebody to think about God's blessings. You know, sometimes if you're in a bad situation and things are just oh so wrong and depending on the person, you can be so negative and you're just so upset. Like It's good to have somebody just sit down and say, wow, think about all the blessings. I did that. I had a chance to do that this week with somebody. Just having a hard time. And, and I said, let's, let's just think about the blessings. Let's think about all that God's given you. It starts to change your thinking. Because you start to think about the good and, and what brings life. And it starts to change things. Sometimes you can encourage people by saying, you know what? Joy comes in the morning. The Bible says joy comes in the morning. Yeah, there's times when it's tough and there's times when it's hard and there's times when you're down. But the Bible says joy comes in the morning. You know, it's, it's coming. That's an encouragement. That's an encouragement. You know, it's going to get better. Sometimes we can tell people straight the word of God. Maybe we read it. Maybe we just share it. God is our refuge and our strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. 
I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. So many times in the Bible, Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, real words, real words that we can share, that we can share to encourage somebody. And you know, it comes out of what's in our heart. Out of the abundance of our heart. When there's life there, when it's the life of Jesus dwelling within us, his spirit dwelling within us, then that spirit can speak and share words of life and encouragement to those around us. And that's what we're called to do. Because our words are either life or death. Life or death. And we need to be speaking words of life. Especially in the midst of all the stuff that we're confronted with every day. You think about it. We're just bombarded by death and destruction. It's all around us. It's all around us. And that's what's promoted almost. I don't know if it's promoted, but it, that's what's talked about. And you know, what we need to do is share truth and life. And share that with people. I think people are looking for somebody with a good message. Somebody's got something good to say. So I just pray that our words, the words we speak, would bring life to those around us. Let's all stand. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your word being true. And Lord, we thank you that your word can dwell within us. Lord, we thank you that when your spirit abides within us, within us, that we have life and we have life more abundantly. So Lord, just fill us with you. And then Lord, help us to open our mouth and share words of life with those around us. Lord, help us to speak your words. Help us to be an encourager. Lord, help us to pick up the hands that hang down. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your presence with us. Lord, I pray that you just be with us now as we depart. And Lord, just help us to go forth and speak your words wherever we have opportunity. Lord, I pray if anyone has a need this morning, Lord, whatever their need might be, that you'd encourage them to come up and let the prayer team pray for them as they come up front. Or, or maybe they have a friend or somebody with them that might pray with them. Lord, we thank you that you are alive and well and working in our midst. Lord, just help us to, to trust you more and more. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.